Hey, 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 ladies. This is Sal down at Sal's Topless Dancers Strip Club. Here to talk to you about our giant-sized team-up ladies week extravaganza. We're going to have all the dancers from the giant-sized team-up network. So much meat flopping around, you won't even know what to do with yourselves. So come on down to Sal's Topless Dancers and check out the goods. Botch Podcast strips for booze, so just head on over there and give them your full or even mostly empty bottles of booze and they'll do whatever you want. Toy Power, the thrillers from down under, are going to be dressing up in their favorite toy uniforms, such as Masters of the Universe, G.I. Joe, and Polly Pocket. But don't forget about Pokemon Go with Pokemon Jojojojo. Half the time he's going to be dressing up as Misty, and the other time he's going to be dressing up as Jinx. Geek Versus isn't your normal stripping experience. Betty, Casey, and Tony are going to come out wearing smoking jackets and critique the leaked scripts of Marvel movies because why the hell not? Oh yeah. Oh, next up is a good one. You know you can't wait to see the dancing skills of FTH Beyond featuring Kurt, 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 Kurt. Kurt's going to come out wearing a banana hammock and you're going to get to experience the same kind of fun you get from playing Marvel Strike Force. Reach your hand into his banana hammock and you got a 1 in 20 chance to pull out a crisp, clean $100 bill. The rest of the time you're just going to be pulling out a big old sweaty dick. The Blazing Defender Report with Travis Jones. The only qualified stripper in this whole bunch. In a group full of Farleys, he is your Swayze. Just be sure to compliment his tiny bird-like legs. Oh, yeah. And lastly... If you want your VIP experience, let your flagship meet their flagship, Breaking the Panel, with Charles, Phil, and Paul. They're going to get greased up and they're going to berate you with all sorts of news of the week. This just in, they're going to want you to put this just in them. No cuddles required. Oh yeah, ladies. So come on down to Sal's Topless Dancers and get yourself a big old hunk of Giant Size Team Up man meat. For scheduling and lineup, head on over to www.giantsizeteamup.com. Emphasis on the giant. These days, the comic book owns pop culture. You'll find it all in the panel of your favorite comic book. Us, we're living the comic's life. We're breaking the panel. Welcome to Breaking the Panel. We talk about all the cool things that happen in the entertainment industry as far as comic books and fandom are concerned. And sometimes the not so happy stuff. We're not going to summon the movie pass monster tonight, I promise. But we will do some other but cool you stuff. Invoke his name. <laughs> Why? Because Why even say it? I'm totally cosplaying as a movie pass demon at Dragon Con. I'm not got a podcast in Charles McFall. The man, the Mega Man, is Philip Keating. Hey! And Paul Klotz, who is furiously scrubbing through Reddit to find us something awesome to talk Scr- about. Scrubbing through Reddit means <laughs> something completely different to Paul. <laughs> I don't want no scrubs. Uh, right before we got on to the show, uh, we were looking for headlines and this and that. And, and the story itself isn't that important, but Paul disagrees adamantly with my, that's so stupid. So I'm going to set up the argument and we're going to go around and around. But we re- last week we talked about, of course, the Netflix shows. And Paul, you did mention, you know, Daredevil uh, is possible to go. Although I think that's one of the strongest ones, but it is what it is. And Jessica Jones, you know, and there's a Business Insider article about the reason they believe that Daredevil and Jessica Jones is going to get canceled is because people are talking about it on Twitter. When you know you put out the season two poster, 
250,000 people were talking about blah, 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 blah. And now it's a certain percentage drop off. And I'm like, shut up. Are we at that point? Are we at that point that if you're not talking about on Twitter right this second, we're going to cancel the show. And, and, and it seems like sometimes we are, and it pisses me off. And I do say, Paul, that's so stupid because it takes one real life incident to happen or one, what, you know, uh, Kim Kardashian wants to show her ass again. That's going to break the internet. You know, then nobody's talking about Daredevil. They're talking about that. Or Kanye does something. I mean, it takes, it, social media is such a fucking flash in the pan. You cannot judge the quality of a TV show or the audience that is putting money by buying the products or supporting or paying the subscriptions. By what's being talked about on fucking social media. Stupid, I'm let you Paul. finish, but you're I'm wrong. Bad. Of course I am. All right. So, so let's talk about traditional television. How is traditional television, how is its success generally tracked? There's, there's two immediate metrics, right? There's viewership, which is tracked by Nielsen, right? Or at least it was in the past. I'm not sure. Is that still right. a thing? I believe it's yeah, still there. Yeah, I think it's still there. And... um. Uh, well, that, 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 give, that gives them the, their numbers, right? But those and, aren't real numbers. They're still extrapolated data from that. And then, of course, season to season, um, you know, awards, nominations, and stuff is another measure of success. And, and we, think, we, we uh, kind of well, we talk along with the Nielsen. Sorry, along with the Nielsen's, are some channels and some studios are counting the Hulu replays or their own app replays or. Well, I was going to get to that. I'm talking oh, okay. about all right. Sorry, talking about the past. Okay. okay. You're right. You are talking about the past. Okay. So, so regular terrestrial television, traditional broadcast. That was those were the main metrics because the way those shows generally make money is through advertising revenue for the network. Right. They yeah. they slot ads to play during those, so on and so forth. So the thing is, when we're talking about Netflix, we're not talking about traditional broadcast. So you don't have Nielsen necessarily. You do have metrics for how many people are watching and everything, but you don't have all the advantages of traditional TV where you could plug the new show or the new season of the show or whatever. You play it 10,000 times ad nauseum. Everybody knows about it. So you rely on word of mouth. And that's where the, the social media engagement comes in, the Facebook and the Twitter conversation. I'm not going to discount Facebook and Twitter, but I would disagree that, one, Netflix has real numbers. They can absolutely yeah, know how many people watched at what time, what place in the world. And Business so Insider doesn't have access to those. True. So when they write an article, they look at the metric that they can see. But Much like in the past, TV Guide would write an article and look at Nielsen, right? Yeah, I, just, I, I, I mean... And, and why do shows generally get canceled? They get canceled because people stop watching them or they're, they're critical failures. Sometimes a show transcends its viewership, right? Like, which means that like, whether it's getting nominated for enough awards or something like that, where it's the network or entity producing that show feels like it is worth producing still, even if it's a bit of a loss leader because it is earning accolades and those accolades are important. They're prestigious for the network or the organization putting that show forward. Right. Or even for movies. Same I, thing. You know, and I'm not being an ass. I, you say that and part of me goes, yeah, I kind of get that. But other part of me goes, is it really? Because it, yes, it's it is made up bullshit to put in front of other people to get fake, more fake made up. Right. That's the whole industry yeah. though. And that's, I mean, maybe that's why I'm angry with it. It's like, Oh, you create something I like, right. I really enjoy that lots of people really enjoy and it, it's 
You know, I, I think that might be the heart of my issue, Paul. It's not that, oh, you know, Twitter's stupid, which it can be. Twitter can be absolutely stupid. It's, it seems like the day where we create something that can be a cult classic. And it seemed like Netflix was the home for that, right? That the strong, hardcore fandom who tells people you need to, I don't mean just on Twitter. I mean, literally, you cosplay at Dragon Con or these other cons or you know, you get your buddy to to buy a subscription because they need to watch it. So you're talking about, or in this day and age of YouTube reviews and and podcasts and this and that and the other, you know, you were talking about uh, in the old days, Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap got canceled because Nielsen said it wasn't successful, and people literally took the time to write in enough physical letters to NBC, I think, who had it, that they said, okay, we're bringing it back, not once but twice, and. I look back at that going, if, if Quantum Leap, the same time, you know, time period of we didn't know what this was and, oh, my God, it blew our minds and we enjoyed it as fans, if that was done in today's era with that same type of power, it would be bigger than Game of Thrones. You know, it would be huge. But, you know, I guess if, if we're tweeting about Kanye and Kim, then we're not going to be getting Daredevil Season 4. Yeah, but they also – Netflix themselves have pulled back the marketing on Daredevil season three. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, we all know that they have money issues. So I'm, I'm sure that the marketing budget was the first thing to get cut from Daredevil to kind of make some room in the belt. But also I just went through their entire Twitter account and they only talked about Daredevil season three on the 19th, the day it dropped. Mm-hmm. And since that- then there's been no, well- Twitter interactions on, on their part. You know, if you want, and I understand, like, maybe. Well, did you check the other, net, this, there's another Netflix account, Netflix X? It was supposed to be for okay. thing. But, I mean, I don't know. And you're right. It's just Business Insider trying to write an article, and they're pulling at straws, and they're just putting together the pieces of what's in front of them, and they could be right, or they could be completely wrong. You know, mm-hmm. we don't know because Netflix doesn't, well, for me, numbers for me it's a lot like that whole what, what a group of sizable group of people keep saying oh they're just going to do heroes for hire when they cancel luke cage and iron fist no that's no, I don't think so. more than likely not going to happen because i think if we were talking about anything but these marvel shows it's a completely different conversation but we know we talked about this last week. We know that with the Marvel shows, there are extra costs to producing each season of those shows as opposed to, say, something that they developed in-house or something that they bought that was not attached to a major property or owned by a major studio. If they bought something indie or something like that, you know what I mean? Or something yeah. that they self-produced. Well, so, renting out a hallway that's 200 yards doesn't come cheap. <laughs> but yeah. No, I mean, because they have to, just to make the show, before you even bring in any of the other production costs, any of the actor salaries, the crew, any of that stuff, they have to pay Marvel X amount of money per episode yeah. for the season. That's the deal. And so I, I really do think that they, you know, like we talked about last week, they have a number of successful properties going now. When they first started this endeavor with Marvel, they did not. And when they first started this endeavor with Marvel, Marvel was not about to have their parent company launch their own competitive, you know, competing service. But now they are. So I, I think that the the boardroom side of everything that's going on is a lot more tense than anybody wants to admit publicly. 
And Disney has little interest in maintaining this relationship unless they're getting buckets of money. And Netflix has very little incentive to maintain that relationship unless the show is doing so well that it offsets that tremendous cost. Daredevil, honestly, in my opinion, is the only one that had that potential punisher also as well possibly because uh, i said that last week too i said you know the thing about punisher is it's unique that punisher is not really marketable as anything but an r-rated or r-level type thing they've tried doing that and it failed much like you know deadpool would be no good as pg-13 we're going to see that when it comes back to theaters i mean people will probably still go see it to prove everybody wrong but th- the point is that's a character that's at their best in a medium where they can go hog wild. They could not go hog wild on a Disney streaming service. So Punisher might have a future. But and also, I mean, with the number of social media posts and Facebook posts, I mean, it's a product. It, it's, it's kind of their own fault because we are a bingeable yeah society right so you know after that first week of daredevil being out i would say about 75 percent of the people who are going to watch it have already watched it and that's you know that's why it's no longer you know showing up at the top of your uh trending on twitter but you look at something like game of thrones which every sunday night or monday morning for 10 to 13 weeks is always going to be trending because that's how their model's set up. You know, it's a it's a dropped week to week kind of thing. Same with Walking Dead. Mm, yeah, but even their numbers took a giant cut. This right, but people but, are... but the reason the Walking Dead still exists is because of that week to week the hype. You know, every you know what I mean. Especially with the mid season break and the season closer every year. Yeah, there's always tremendous social media, you know, oh, engagement on those. That brings a good point is okay walking dead is week to week so if a number of podcasts right are out there making the content they're going to be hashtagging it and posting it every single week so you're getting this engagement in social media that daredevil drops and what did i see for the first week is all the different podcasts and geeks in my social circles binge watched it talked about how we're gonna do one episode because we watched the whole thing which is if we were to do it we'd do the same thing Right, we watch all the episodes so we can just give one big overarching show to it and be done. Uh, you know, and so yeah, you get this big spike and goes away. And that's another problem with that metric is is your apples and oranges, right? You're gonna get spikes in Game of Thrones because it's every single week and we cannot binge it until it's done. And then you know you see that dip anyway. Um, but Phil, I looked up. It's called NX on Netflix. Okay. And that was the thing that originally we knew the Defenders were never coming back because the Defenders fan page on Facebook got changed to NX, as did their Twitter account. I went and looked. Not a peep. Not on the 19th, not on the 18th, not a peep about Daredevil. But a lot of pictures of dogs. Yeah, they keep retweeting other stuff. But when you get down, you'll get to the media stuff. It talks about Castlevania. It does American Horror Story, which they got, you know, the the contract for and put on Netflix at the beginning of October. So there's other stuff that is Netflix related, but not their own show. And that doesn't take any extra money other than to have the intern post that post for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the other issue, like I said, that's, this is, this goes back to the, this is a relationship that's probably run its course from both Disney and Netflix's perspectives. 
Uh, the other issue is the defenders yeah. plan didn't pay off. No, uh, they, they built four separate shows. They brought them together into one miniseries. That mini, if that miniseries had been gangbusters, we might be looking at a completely different situation. But it didn't work. Yeah, agreed. Money talks. Money talks. Man. Shut up, Phil. Call me banging <laughs> on the counter. It wasn't me. Uh, <laughs> but I, I buried the lead a little bit. Uh, what's happening Friday, Phil? Was it past this past Friday or this coming Friday? I think it's this past Friday. Castlevania 2. Oh, it's already out, man. Yeah, it's last Friday. Dropped yeah, out. yeah, it dropped last Friday, yeah. uh, which I completely forgot about until I was looking at the Twitter page. Merry Halloween. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably going to end up watching that uh, Wednesday night. We'll see. I decided I wanted to rewatch season one before I jump into season two. So I not a bad idea. That's, yeah. I mean, it's only four episodes, so. Yeah. yeah. Was I? I don't know what I was expecting when it came out, but uh, the anime style was not what I was expecting. Once I got my mind around, okay, this is gonna be anime. They phenomenal. Loved every second. Of it. Yeah, it was just. Uh, I guess I was expecting more, slightly more cartoon arcade graphics. And uh, oh, <laughs> this is gonna be a tangent show because we don't have a ton of anchor headlines to hit. Uh, walking through Walmart last night, which is my hell on earth. I hate that place. Uh, I'm walking through there, and you know those uh, um, a mutual acquaintance of the show. Klotz, he, he's always po- promoting those uh, mini arcade cabinets. Uh, they're at Walmart, and my wife, I, I, she's walking past it and noticed it because it's a middle aisle thing. I was like, "Hey, look right!" And she looks like, "Oh my god, it's a Street Fighter thing!" And of course, they're made for kids. I mean, they're tiny. They're literally on a pallet on the floor as most displays are at Walmart. Then they're on egg crates just to kind of get it up to almost adult chest level uh, to look at it. So uh, she's, ah, oh, should we get one for, for dragon costs? Like that's $300 woman. She sees that for the picnic actors. Like they will be paying dollar per play. If we buy that, that's all we're getting our money back. It's <laughs> Tristan. They're going to get drunk. They're going to break it. I need money it. for if they're going to play this arcade. Right. I'm going I'm to have to text your wife. <laughs> support of this idea. They make high risers for those. Um, yeah, I I, yeah, I was I was looking at buying one because uh, they just they look so so cool. I would not if I were you. Yeah, I'm not going to, but I want to. They're a little over. They feel good. They're fun. They're, I don't think they're going to stand up to a whole lot of wear and tear. But my, my understanding is that they're at least their first production run had some manufacturing issues. Oh, well, there you go. So, um, <laughs> our mutual friend who might be out there might hear that, and I might get an angry letter at some point. Because <laughs> um, he's been shilling pretty hard for them for a long time. Uh, yeah, you know, the thing about that product, um, we're talking about the, what is it? Um, Arcade 1-Up. Arcade 1-Up. My beef with those with those cabinets is they are, I think they're what, like $200? Three. Three. They're three hundred dollars, and each one has like four games on it. Yeah, the Street Fighter has three games on it. And it's to me, I'm just like, for that price tag, I feel like it should be a full, like a full emulated cabinet that just has like a couple dozen games. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean they're hackable, and you can put as much as you really want. But you shouldn't have to do that for that price point. No, you. I agree, but it's. I mean, it's it's made for, you know, men it's in their thirties. It's, it's an overpriced Christmas gift for your kids. 
because of your nostalgia. That's what. Yeah. Oh, completely. I mean, it's big, it's big enough, but literally, uh, you and I could not play Street Fighter together. We'd be smacking elbows. I mean, we'd hit yeah. each other because it's just that kind of compact. If if Danny was three or four years old this Christmas, he would be getting one of these. Because that Rampage Gauntlet Joust Defenders Cabinet. Wow. Oh, yeah. oh, I want it. That's the one I want. But then you just make you make your own cabinet with an emulator and you know that controller and you're good. Yeah, I know. I could do that. Or I could just pay $300 and let somebody else do all that hard work. <laughs> a bunch of kids in Asia put that together for you. <laughs> Are you happy now? I'm so happy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, it was cool to see it in person. That, that was about the I think you guys just illustrated how companies like that make money, though. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm like the discerning customer who's like, yeah, I could build a Raspberry Pi for like half that price and have yeah. a wall all the games that they offer from all their cabinets and you motherfuckers are like, oh, I got kids. I'm going to just buy one from my kids. And yeah. I'm like, Oh fuck, man. This is how, this is how people make money. Why do you think <laughs> Nintendo's still around? Exactly. Paul? Like I, I sit here every week and I complain about Nintendo yeah. and then I just keep like, literally I just sign my paycheck over to them every it's, week. It's like a junkie complaining about how black tar heroin yeah. is black. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah yeah completely i mean i was talking you know a couple about a month ago of uh those nes classic controllers being 70 bucks and how dumb it is but as soon as those pre-orders came up i i got a pair so can't help it i was just talking about buying amiibos for diablo a game i don't plan on buying <laughs> so yeah yep yeah, and and, and I don't know. the whole Mabo thing didn't really go anywhere for me. I mean, it, it's yeah, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, so this is under rumors, but this is a fun one, especially if it comes around. Uh, Marvel Studios uh, report surfaced earlier this year that they were considering doing a Hawkeye film. We heard you know Black Widow film or a Hawkeye film. You know, they're they're flexing their muscles and figuring out where they want to go, right? And and we'll see what happens. But now, uh, there's uh, rumors are that uh, they're possibly going to make. It might be a TV show. It might be a movie. But it's probably going to go to the Disney streaming service, and it will involve uh, Jeremy Renner uh, as Clint Barton training the young protege Kate Bishop to take his place. Uh, so that's. I thought that was kind of cool uh, idea. I like Hawkeye a lot. Yeah, I do too. I don't at all. Yeah. Really? What do you play in first-person shooters? Are you normally a grunt or are you a sniper? Are you asking um, me or Paul? Either one of you. Yes. Kind of. Yeah. It, it I mean, I, I, I've always I, been in love with, you know, this, the bow and arrow characters, uh, especially in, like, Team Fortress 2, when you could be the sniper, but use the bow and arrow. I was a big fan of Legolas. I don't know why. Uh, Katniss Everdeen, love it. Anybody with a bow, I love him. <laughs> I think you just touched on my issue, though, is that I think the trope is, like, really played out right now. I watched a bunch of Arrow. I'm good. I've also watched all these Avengers movies that he was in. I'm good. Like, I've seen enough of the Archer that's inexplicably accurate. Like... Not to mention this stupid Robin Hood movie that's coming out in a couple of weeks. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it would make sense if it's going to go to the streaming service as a TV show since they already are talking about having 
uh, Scarlet Witch and and Loki are going to have a, a television project. So, um, I'll probably watch the first five episodes and then never finish it if it actually comes out. <laughs> it seems like my mo for superhero television. Um, I like Jeremy Renner. I like how he's playing the character. I've never been a huge fan of uh, Hawkeye as a character. I mean, he's been fine. Uh, but I did like how Jeremy Renner played him. I, I, I'm a fan of Jeremy Renner. I mean, I like him in uh, – he was in Mission Impossible 2000 or something, whatever. Ghost Protocol. Was. Yeah. And I, I liked him then. I, like, uh, I haven't seen a ton of other stuff. I have seen other stuff. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. Um, I would watch his version of Clinton Barton. That's what I would like to see. Uh, the, the accuracy thing that's always been a comic book thing and they never quite explained if that was a superpower. Cause I'd like to think it is right. Kind of like bullseye. You know, well, depending on which comic you read and I haven't got that far into the episode, the, the series that's on right now to, to figure out how they're going to play it. But, um, I don't know. I would watch it. I, I think it'd be fun, especially if they're introducing Kate Bishop and they get a good actress for that and, and write her well. Cause I'd never, I didn't know crap about Kate Bishop until Marvel Avengers Alliance brought her into the game. And then I started, reading up on some of it and i don't know i think it'd be fun Meg, and it's not for everybody it didn't have to be for everybody i mean i don't think you're well i'm not gonna try to put words in your mouth Paul, but i don't think i don't want it so it should not get made <laughs> this is bullshit this is like what they did to star wars Goddamn sjw cucks <laughs> fucking ruining everything making hawkeye a woman that's stupid that that'd be like making wolverine a woman or doctor who a woman how stupid Uh, i think it's gonna be great and it's gonna they're gonna have a fun relationship kind of like logan and x23 you'll see you're gonna love it paul you're gonna watch all of it i don't care it's your job to watch these things paul you need to watch it for the show Fuck off. <laughs> uh, so we'd like to hear what you have to say. If you want to email your thoughts in on this. Uh, yes, tell us how wrong you are. BTB at GiantSizeTeamUp.com. Uh, now, this other one was for, for I said, for funsies. Uh, apparently, it's 10 big stars who turned down roles in this, yeah, strictly DC movies. And this first one got my eye. I just stopped scrolling because, like, oh, we could talk about this for a hot 10 minutes. Robin Williams was approached to play the Riddler. And that'd be, he probably did the right thing turning it down. But at the same time, he had some serious villain chops in Insomnia. And there's one other that he was a serial killer. Uh, one hour photo. You know, uh, what do you guys think? Do you think uh, it'd been interesting to see Robin Williams as the Riddler? I liked Jim Carrey's The Riddler. I agree. Um, I love Robin in anything that he does. Um, so I'm not really the person to ask about this because didn't he kind of play the Riddler in Toys? I'm sorry, he, he yeah. wore the, he wore the bowl cap. That yeah. was about all the. That's about <laughs> it, Paul. But yeah, um, he's been one of my comedic heroes ever since I was young. So he can do no wrong, and he probably would have killed that Riddler. Uh, oh boy, uh, he would have done really well in that Riddler role. <laughs> um, so it's, yeah, it's a shame it didn't happen. But I, th- I think, 
I think Jim did a, a well enough job in my book. I know it's hated by most people, but I still like it. Well, um, you Paul, know, do you have this list up? Four. So, you can pull up, but I, w- I want to touch on this. It, it, so it said, the headline says it, they turned down the role, but he didn't actually turn it down. He, so even it's the paragraph says, even with Ledger originally marked to return in the Dark Knight sequel, uh, Warner Brothers pushed her to Riddler part to be part, Riddler to be part of the villainous ensemble. Uh, Williams explained uh, before he passed away in 2014, he explained that he shared an affinity with the Riddler and told Empire that he'd do anything to be part of the movie. Yes, I don't think he turned it down as much as things just went in a different direction. Didn't work out, yeah. That'll happen. All right. I, I am not deep enough in combat lore to even know who the hell GQ Edwards is. Shia LaBeouf wasn't GQ Edwards. Moving on. I don't know who GQ was. I don't either. All right, moving on. Ralph Fiennes is Lex Luthor. I don't know. Um, it's, it's Ray. Even though, I know it says Ralph, but it's generally pronounced Ray. Okay. Fiennes. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. That's the weird thing. I realized how much of a pretentious cock I was being there. But I mean, if, it's, if you're accurate, that's why no, I'm I mean, not going to hate on you for it. I've heard him as Ray Fiennes. I don't know. I, you know I've heard of Ray Fiennes. Is it because it's French? I have no idea, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm just, only guessing that it's French. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm sure somebody will write in and be like, you stupid, ignorant American sluts. <laughs> oh, thank you for bringing that up. We had somebody write in calling us stupid, ignorant American sluts. Oh? Our good pal, Frank Allen. Who? Threatened to leave the network if I don't quit calling, if I don't, if I don't stop calling his wife out. So, hello, Mrs. Allen. Sorry to have you go, Frank. We will miss you dearly. Will we? Who? <laughs> Do you mean Trent? He's the good one. Not Trent's sure. a good one, yeah. 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 Uh, ben? Ben's pretty cool. Ben's pretty cool. Who? <laughs> Uh, the Ray Fines, Ray Fines. I don't know. If I've seen him in enough to have a good opinion on whether or not he'd be a good Lex Luthor. Yeah, probably would have been fine. He looks. Uh, yeah, he would done a, a. I mean, he it can't get much worse, right? <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. I guess not. Uh, the next one, Oprah Winfrey is Amanda Waller. I don't see it. No. Mm-mm. She's ne- I've never seen her play dark. I mean, tough, gritty, sure. Like, uh, she's got gravitas, but never like a dark villainous mindset. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> Phil, Phil just shriveled up from embarrassment like a snail being sprinkled with salt. <laughs> don't <laughs> care. Don't care, you assholes. Uh, um, this next one's interesting. Go for it. Jack Black as Green Lantern. That's... I don't know, man. That would have been very strange. Um, I actually think Ryan Reynolds was good casting for Hal, but obviously that film had issues. Um, I could still see Jack being in a Green Lantern film as a different character, like maybe yeah. Kilowog. Yeah, you know, Trump, so I, I definitely could see him as Kilowog. Um, I don't know if Oa ever made uh, not Oa. Uh, yeah, is Oa the Living Planet? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if he ever made Wisecracks, but that would be 
Jack Black is the planet would be fun. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Pierce Brosnan as Batman. No. I'd heard that one before. That um, would have been weird. Yeah. And he turned it down. Uh, I, I love the quote. He's like, I just couldn't really take it seriously. Any man who wears his underpants outside his pants just cannot be taken seriously. That was my foolish take on it. It was a joke, I thought, but how wrong was I? Mm, not that wrong. Because no, some of those Batman films are really bad jokes. This is the Tim Burton one he's talking about? Yeah, no, I mean. Oh, okay. He turned that, he, oh, he turned it down. Okay, I didn't read up about it. In the right. grand scheme of Batman films, of the ones that he would have been the right age to be in. Yeah, the Burton films? It was kind of a mistake to pass on all of them except for the Clooney one. Apparently, George Clooney hates that movie, but he kind of should. Every everybody does. Everybody hates that movie. Literally, everybody. Yeah. That I mean, that yeah, movie, even I hate it. And that's saying something. I've, I've done some. Well, I lo- I like watching it because it's hilarious. But um, I I've done some reading and digging into Batman and Robin, and it turns out that that movie was almost entirely made by advertisers. Literally. Wow. Like like toy companies and advertisers had so much influence on the script and the production that that's the reason that movie is such a joke. Uh, everybody's hands were tied creatively. That's the producers, that. the director, everyone. Um, it was it was a mess, and I think it was a big lesson for Hollywood. Like, hey, may, uh, all right, let's do some product placement, but maybe we shouldn't let the ad execs like make the movie. <laughs> yeah, Sandra Bullock as Wonder Woman. I love her to death i don't see it i mean i think if she did it it'd be a less campy version of was it linda linda hamill linda carter the the 70s wonder woman linda carter yes yeah i think it'd be a less campy but that same style um yeah yeah uh, when does it give a with batman forever just having hit cinemas no one knowing that Batman and Rob was going to ruin that genre. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the, the, the interesting thing about Wonder Woman is it is a really hard role to cast. If you think about it, because you need. You have to you need somebody who has a certain look, a certain physique, which is hard to find, you know, because they they just need some they they need a woman who looks imposing in their own way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. And, yeah. and Gal got it for. I mean, it, before she was cast as Wonder Woman, I wouldn't have pegged her as that person. But after seeing her, seeing her in the armor, seeing her like do everything, oh yeah, absolutely. But that made just made me realize how difficult it is to find that person. And yeah, I yeah. mean, plus the the time that they were looking at this, you know, during the nineties, I don't think. The 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 groundwork wasn't laid for superhero films to be as solid as they are now, and I don't think it would have worked out at all. I think it would have been a big joke, it would right? Of a movie, um, so because I, I, you have to take it really seriously. You can't just get the the latest hot, you know, actress in Hollywood. And I don't mean that like physically hot. I mean like, like the prop, like rising property, yeah, right? The the, 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 yeah. the big name and yeah. put them in the you know in this scantily clad armor. And then have them kick ass and have it be believable. You need somebody who's willing to train, you know, do all the physical work, do the training for months before production to learn how to embody that character. That's what's expected of playing a superhero 
character nowadays or just any yeah, super character yeah, yeah. in a comic film and in the 90s that just was barely the case you know what i mean like yeah. clooney i'm sure clooney worked out and everything but he didn't bulk up like hemsworth or evans you know what i mean they, they put a suit on him that made all his muscles you know it, so that's just an example I, I just don't see it you know what i mean and I, that being said bullock's done some great stuff on her own you know so and she's been a badass a few times so i just don't think she would have worked for wonder woman no and she was our property at the time this is uh i think this is before blindside yeah uh, yeah blindside was- and so she was doing you know comedy fun likable movies like speed you know and and yeah it wouldn't been good congeniality and it's fun i enjoyed watching her in that film it's not a good film but it's fun no agreed you know? and i don't want to see a wonder woman like that though mm-hmm. you know uh, that's totally how they would have written her for it too oh yeah yeah so uh now i thought i thought she was great in what's what's this space the latest space movie she won awards for it um it's Oh, damn it where she's in the, the space station and a meteorite hits it and she's stuck in space for a little bit um i know the one you're talking about yeah I, I didn't i didn't like the movie at all i thought it was oceans eight <laughs> <laughs> anyway, proposal. gravity gravity thank you yes gravity uh, i remembered horrible film but she was amazing in it uh, anyway anthony hopkins has passed twice <laughs> and he he did write both that thing he was uh, going to be Alfred. They wanted him for Alfred at one point. Uh, no. And then... Um, he would have been fine as Alfred. He would have been fine. I think he just would have... Michael Caine was the better choice for the Nolan trilogy, but he would have been yeah. fine as Alfred. Nope. And then, uh, of course, Mr. Freeze instead of Arnold Schwarzenegger. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, if they were doing a serious freeze, maybe... But obviously the candy version that they went with with Arnold. And not that Arnold was the right pick for that either because it was just absurd. But, yeah. He just, he's just too smart for it. And I know I, I agree. He's not too smart to do a Transformers I know you were going to bring a Transformers. I was like, he, he's, but no, his character was. He was the smartest man in the entire film. And that's mostly what his characters are. It seems like and you. I think he would just outshine anybody on the screen in a superhero film. You know, that's that is actually a legitimate issue, right? Because that's one of the issues with Transformers last night. All that advertising for it just kept showing him, and yeah. I was like, "Is he the new Mark Wahlberg of this? Oh no, Mark Wahlberg's the Mark Wahlberg of this movie. So why, you know, it just became this kind of like gigantic joke. And then you watch the movie, and he's like dialed up to oscar level performance and everybody else is like yeah so i don't get fined i would cast him as the mad hatter or i would even cast him as like an aging riddler and just have him be meticulous and you know crazy about his his riddles and his uh Uh, more of the like the arkham series game series correct always in the shadows sending out the messages the messages and stuff yeah but you're right paul i mean if they did a dark um and a a more serious mr freeze i think that would be awesome with with hopkins 
Or let's just get weird and make him Harley Quinn. <laughs> I want to see him affect her her dialect. I just oh man. Or uh make him clayface. That'd be funny. <laughs> yeah, that would be uh, It would have been a good voice if they ever did a CGI Brainiac. Yeah. That, Brainiac. See, smartest person in the universe. He would do a great Brainiac. That would that would be well. But again, what you said hits the nail on the head of Oscar level performance. I, I think this dude does a dry read, you know, something he's never seen. For those of you who don't know what dry read is, you've never seen it before. Uh, you know, you can walk in the room, do a dry read, and Oscar-level performance, you know, and... I would cast him as, like, the Sandman as well. For voice, for, like, voice work, since you never really see the Sandman's mask or face once he puts the mask on. do, 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 do. <laughs> That was my tone deaf Sandman. No, it sounded yeah, no, great. I got it. It's good. It great. Uh, it's close. It's close enough. Yeah, Will Smith good. as Superman. I don't I I I love Will Smith, but he's a smart ass. I've never seen Superman ever be a smart ass. You equip you one liners. Yeah. Will Smith is not a good Superman. Let's just no. say that. I might just go it back. It's not because of the color of his skin. No, it's just not his character. He needs right. a Deadshot was more I mean Deadshot was a good character for him. You want to talk about doing if you wanted to change the racial you know the ethnic background of a character and have it still work with Will Smith, Hal Jordan would have been fine. Yeah. Yes. You could have done Black Hell Jordan with Will Smith and it would have been great. Exactly. Uh although the fanboys would have gotten mad because you got uh John 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 Stewart at, yeah. So it's like, why are you sweet? You know, that's the unit you know, there. Um Yeah. But they that's another point is they they you know, ten years ago they could have done a Green Lantern movie with John Stewart as the Green Lantern and had done it with Will Smith and it would have been great. So Yeah, you're right. But even if they decided to do it as hell, it would have been fine. Now, this is this is a perfect wrap of what you just said, Klotz, about Will Smith. The, the quote here. Uh, the script came, and I was like, there's no way I'm playing Superman, Smith told MTV, because I'd already done Jim West of Wild Wild West, and you can't be messing up white people's heroes in Hollywood. <laughs> uh, but this is for Brian Singer. He had to be Superman anyways. He did Hancock. It was fine. Oh, that was phenomenal. That's too. a good movie. Yeah. And then uh, finally, Marlon Wayans as Robin and Batman Returns. Okay. Uh, yeah. So it doesn't look like he turned it down, though. It looks like the studio decided, or the director, somebody decided there's too many characters in the film. So that's when we had Penguin, you had Catwoman, uh, and they just axed, they cut Robin from it. Um, he said he did get paid for the part, still gets residuals. <laughs> wow. <laughs> contracts are contracts, man. Yeah. He did not turn down the part. Apparently, they had signed stuff, and he was, and then they decided to cut the character. So that's crazy. That, that's God, man. Martin Wayans. 92 was like prime Wayans time, too. Yeah. I, that's crazy. I could have seen it. Yeah, oh yeah. I'm I'm wondering if they shot dailies with him in in costume and all that, and it just got dropped on the cutting room floor. 
So somewhere out there, there's footage of uh, Marlon Wayans playing Robin. That's yeah. crazy. So there you go. That was for funsies. It was kind of fun. It was it was fun. It's good stuff. All right, we're gonna take a break, and we'll be back uh, right after this. Now I can tell that you already have mental problems because you're listening to Breaking the Panel. But show us how much you should be institutionalized by supporting us over at patreon.com slash breaking the panel. $3 a month gets you right into the Discord. And that's really where you want to be. Uh, we've been talking about <laughs> a whole range of weird shit over in the, in the Discord this week. Retro gaming. The legalization of pot in Canada. Breaking and entering. Robbery. Warcraft. You know, the normal topics. So the only place you can join these conversations is over at patreon.com slash breaking the panel. I do appreciate all of you. Some of you a little bit more. Let's get back. Jesus, I'm, I'm awkward. All right, let's get back to the episode. See ya. Thanks. All right, we're back. I hope uh, Phil didn't suck that one up, but, uh, you know, he, he tries. We, we give him cookies every once in a while. So, so we're going to bash on PlayStation. We're going to come up with like a PlayStation demon to summon. God likes to swing heavy for PlayStation. We, we now need to underestimate the power of PlayStation, but not soup, just PlayStation. So the PlayStation Classic was announced earlier this year. And oh, I, this is I, your story. This is mine, yeah. Okay. Um, All right. Fair enough, though. Whenever there's a hate on PlayStation, it's usually clots. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's fine. Um, and it was talked about for a while inside the host chat for for the network. About, right. You know, are we going to pick this up? Who's curious? But you know, I said, without Metal Gear Solid on this, a hundred dollars is too much. And now, as they release the game listing. I think that a hundred dollars is still too much for this. Um, oh yeah. yeah so a- I'll go over some of the games real quick. You can all Google the list, but some of the bigger titles are like Grand Theft Auto, the original Jumping Flash, Mr. Driller, which is my nickname in high school, <laughs> Odd World, Raymond, high school, <laughs> uh, Resident Evil's director cut, uh, Siphon Filter, Tekken Three, Rainbow Six, Twisted Metal. Final Fantasy 7 and Metal Gear Solid. Now, with any kind of these quote-unquote mini-releases, uh, there's there's somebody out there on the internet that is angry. And there, what? There was quite yeah. a few people that are angry about the games. The games I, I, you know, people are pissed that uh, Crash Bandicoot is not on this. It was a heavy hitter for the PlayStation 1. License yeah, issue. Spyro is uh, yeah, another game. Yeah. Licensing issue. Uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater missed the cut as well, which... Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, weird. Um, just just like with the Super NES, Chrono Trigger's not on there because of licensing issues. So uh, I just I thought I would bring it to the table. We're either one of you two uh, PlayStation 1 players or owners oh yeah i was did yeah. they forget any games on this that you would have liked to see i'm and- not yeah i'm not actually i'm gonna go the opposite way i'm gonna praise them for what they do have on here oh yeah there's some great games because honestly like if you accepting the fact that there are 
going to be potential licensing issues with a lot of these games. Getting seven, getting Metal Gear Solid, uh, Tekken 3, to a lesser extent, Battle Arena Toshinden. Um, but like, they, they've got such a good swath of the defining games of the console. Siphon Filter, huge. Wild yeah. Arms. Yeah. Yes, I was going to bring up Wild Arms. I love that RPG. Cool, cool Borders 2. Like, come on, man. Like that. Yeah, no, and and uh, you know, Oddworld, um, Abe's Odyssey was one. And Res- Resident Evil. I mean, yeah, you you've got you literally have the best Final Fantasy of the era. You have Grand Theft Auto. You have Metal Gear yeah. Solid. You've got the best fighting game of the era for the console, at least yeah. in Tekken Three. You've got Rayman, Resident Evil. This isn't for a hundred dollars. This is a really it's too much. Uh, yeah, it, I it's, it's too much, but it's, it's a better launch than NES Classic. What do you game wise? Yeah. Well, yeah, but the games that are being developed when the PlayStation One came out are far superior than the games that were developed when the NES comes out. You know, they could have a botched launch with this, and they're going to be hard to find, possibly, or they could do it like Nintendo did and just oversaturate the market with the Super NES Classics. And I agree, Paul. They cover almost every genre in these twenty games. You know, sports, horror, RPG. I they just, I. One, I'm sorry. They missed a big one for me. I'm surprised that Gran Turismo is not on this. Licensing issue. You think? Isn't that a Sony property? Mm, no, not if I remember correctly. No. Okay. I mean, it's it's a Sony exclusive, but. I think there's an issue. Oh, while you look that up, the one I think that they missed is Parasite Eve. I thought that was a phenomenally different game at the time and loved the crap out of it. If, if nobody knows what I'm talking about, Google Parasite Eve. It it had to do with mutations and uh, just your know, ancient DNA, and, and it's really, really cool. I'm actually looking at an article that specifically calls out parasite eve and and how they wish that was on there but they realized that square enix already gave them final fantasy 7 so they can't you know double dip mm-hmm. on on the square enix. Sure, okay. uh, fair enough the japanese version of the console is going to have parasite eve and saga frontier but that kind of makes sense what about apis ape escape <laughs> <laughs> or dino crisis i i enjoy oh, dino crisis <laughs> do uh do either one of you or, oh, okay, hold on. But but you're right. It is missing one of the bigger games, and I know they just had a release on the PlayStation 4 Marketplace, but Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Symphony of the Night! It's, it's the greatest Castlevania game of all time. I would have just... I, I And I, I'm guessing it didn't make the cut because, like I said, they just released it back onto the PlayStation Marketplace, but oh, come on hundred dollars now any money for me is too much for this because for me personally nothing wrong with the system i've i've praised the games all that jazz i found out i am a, a, a gaming snob man i cannot no matter how much i love something i cannot go do the retro versions or the original version i mean these are retro uh i've been playing i've been trying to download some of the sega games on the apple you know ios store right because they're free with yep. that supported and i mean some of my favorite games growing up are now on there for the sega and hate it i hate every second of it i just i i just man i hate it i cannot go backwards well uh yeah i i 
completely disagree with you, but that's no, that's right. I mean, that's, that's a very, very personal, personal niche, yeah, personal niche thing. It's definitely not a judgment call just, at all. This time period in gaming is a very weird time period in gaming because we had all these classic games on both PlayStation and the N64 come out, but it's a weird time for graphic design and polygons were just, we all remember what Lara Croft used to look like all triangly. So I just, I just think maybe, you know, a hundred bucks is just too much. 80 bucks, knock it down by 20 bucks. And I probably would have been all over this, but. I don't see myself getting this at all. Now, well, you're out of the fan club. Give me your, give me your membership card. <laughs> no, you're out of the Sony club. You're done. Thoughts, are you gonna? Is this gonna join your household here this Christmas? This comes out like two weeks before my, or a week and a half before my birthday. Uh-huh. And uh, so, okay, a little bit of background here. The PS One was my first console that was mine. Um. A little bit of a fun little backstory. Uh, my stepmom got me a TV for my room when I was uh, in junior high. And, uh, you know, just a little small, like I think it was a 13 inch or whatever, you know, the, basically the smallest, the small. Uh, and so my dad had bought a Sega Genesis when I was, you know, much younger. And I was trying to get it hooked up or whatever. And I was like, oh, well, I need an adapter for this to be able to play this in my room. And so she, I guess she and my father went to look into getting whatever I needed to get the um, Sega Genesis to work on that TV. Cause it was a, only had a coax and it didn't have the, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was a whole thing. Did you um, get one of those antenna boxes you had to screw to the back of the Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that, that's, that's what it, ne- it needed. Something like that. Yes. But, but Sega Genesis was out of production at that point. So GameStop, well, what used to be EB Games yeah, or Electronics yeah. Boutique, even before that, Electronics Boutique didn't have anything, you know, any of the peripherals for the Genesis anymore. So they ended up getting me a PlayStation for that Christmas. And it was a huge surprise. I didn't see it coming. Um, and I, I was just kind of blown away. So I got a PlayStation and a, a couple of whatever games. But um, I ultimately went on to eventually play... Final Fantasy 7 and Final Fantasy Tactics on that system. Nice. Played Metal Gear Solid on that system. Um, you know, Tekken 3. I, I didn't own all of them, but I had a lot of these. I had Siphon Filter I played on that system. So for me, it was my first console that was mine. And that's kind of what formed me into the Sony fanboy that I can be sometimes. Because I went on when I got when I graduated from high school, I my summer job right out of high school, I earned enough to buy my own PlayStation two. And so I bought the PlayStation two, which was like a year into it being out. And so I've just always played PlayStation since because of that, because I love the games that were offered and everything. So I think I would get this just because I would love to have. Yeah, I get you a reliable emulator that is just literally like, just hit the power button and be able to jump in and play something like siphon filter or, Metal Gear Solid or play seven again in a non, you know, updated version. Nope. Okay. Without we're learning about his childhood and you're crapping all over it, man. Your childhood. Without Parappa the rapper, there is no sale for me. Kick punch, it's all in the mind, brother. But no, I I hear you. And I'm I'm the same way about the N sixty four. 
that was the first console that was actually mine. My NES was actually my father's. So when I first got my Super uh, my N64, it was a big deal. And it's also a big deal that PlayStation is beating Nintendo to market with this generation of gaming. You know, they've talked about putting out the N64 Classic, and it's not... It's if it's in development, it surely isn't coming out at the end of this year, and will probably be held until September of 2019. Yeah. Oh wait, I'm sorry. This is not coming out before my birthday. It's coming out this holiday season because uh, that's the European listing for it. So this is coming out in December, third of December. I read it as uh, the the poster here in this article says zero three twelve eighteen. I and now I just realized that would be back in time because I wasn't looking at the year date. Goddamn Europeans, or also known as the rest of the world, who all measure dates separately than we do. Uh, yeah, I, I well now I might make this a thing that I get for the holidays. This might be my gift to myself this year. So if you can get it. Yeah, well we'll see. I I expect Sony to meet demand more than Nintendo does, though. Well, they, that's because Sony likes to make money. Yeah, right. I mean, companies who care about things tend to make money. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Nintendo. Uh, well, what? my story is uh, I went from Nintendo to PlayStation 1. Um, same as you, Paul. Just I think it's the first one I bought with my own money, actually, in that case. But it was it was mine. And, and I, mean, I had a Final Fantasy sticker on the the circle part of, of the lid. Right. And that's my final fantasy PlayStation and, and played, I think eight was actually my first final fantasy, uh, which is what people hate, but I loved it because it was my first, I, I played all the way through. I remember the storyline and those kind of things. And then I did go back and play seven and, and other games were definitely better, but it was my first. Then, uh, Chronicles of Riddick attack on butcher Bay was coming out and it was an Xbox exclusive. And that's where I jumped over, for a good decade long run of being an Xbox fanboy and playing that. And, and, um, yeah, I was never enticed by the normie offerings of Xbox. It is very plain Jane compared to the, the stuff that is on, on PlayStation for sure. And I've come back to PlayStation. I'm now PlayStation, you know, man, again, I'm, I'm memeing a little bit, but like really like it's always been kind of the stereotype that like, Xbox was your your Halo, your Gears of War, your sports games. Ninja Gaiden. You know, it usually was, and that's why I made the Normie joke because it was like it was your jock games, like you know what the what they do that stuffed you into a locker while you were growing up played. Yeah. Um, and so I, I was just not. I've played some of those games, like I've played through a couple of the Halos uh, with friends. Like I one night beat all of Halo One with a friend co-op. It was amazing. That was a great experience. But I have no desire to buy each of the consoles as they come out and get yeah, get their shitty exclusives. So I feel you, but like I, I just that's well, that was just at that time. You know, it was the exclusive, and I, I'm a huge Riddick fan. Uh, just that whole universe. I love it. So when it, it gave me the opportunity to play the prequel to the movie and, and not just that for me in my game, I, I was never a solid gear guy. I just, I didn't care. I didn't get it. I mean, you can imagine why I mean, I'm a Hulk smash kind of dude. So having to sneak around was a whole different ball game. And, and you're talking about what the nineties. So there was no real internet to find out tricks and tips. And I mean, at best, right. Phil, you, you subscribe to Nintendo power, or you go pick up a PlayStation magazine 
and maybe get or one of those Prima game yeah, guides. Yeah, Prima game guide or the Brady guides. Yeah, uh, which I had a number of. Uh, so Chronicles Riddick was uh, a new experience of yeah, I could smash, but there was this sh- working in the shadows and and the whole idea of of actually disappearing into the shadows and using that strategy. And, and then Ninja Gaiden was the other exclusive that I really, I was always a Ninja Gaiden fan. And I mean, I broke so many controllers on my Nintendo on that stupid game. Um, but you're looking through the decades. I stuck with it because I liked the controller. I liked what I had. And plus they, Xbox being, they have led, led the market on retro uh, active gaming, retro. Yeah. I said that right. Retroactive gaming where, you could port, you bring your old disc in a new one. Or then when it became digital, now they had to do some workings. But even when I went to Xbox One, you know, I still have a library of a hundred and some odd games that are now available on the digital because the truth of the matter is, all I had to do was borrow at one time and it registered to my account yeah. uh, back in the day. And now as they're making them digitally retroactive, I can re-download them and play them. Uh, that's how I have, well, now I bought these, but that's how I both Borderlands games now because the discs were long gone. They gotten scratched, destroyed, whatever, but now that I can digitally play them. Whereas PlayStation still has a problem with that, but I got, I, I didn't buy it. I, I, you know, when you're in your own groove, you don't jump ship. You don't think to jump ship, but my brother-in-law bought me a PlayStation four for whatever reason. And now my Xbox one belongs to my son down in the basement. And I play PlayStation pretty much exclusively. Um, it is a better system for what I want to play. I do love me some Metal Gear Solid, though. I remember playing the hell out of that. I wonder if they're still going to make you switch your controller port to defeat that one boss like they did back in the day. Paul, I don't know if you remember that. What's that? The boss in Metal Gear Solid where you had to take your controller out of port one and put it into port two. I wonder if they're going to... Psychomantis, yeah. Correct, yeah, because he would mimic or mirror all your moves. So you had to move your controller over. You moved it into port that's two. Boss, man. Right? Yeah, because that's awesome. It, it was an it was amazing design because he's a psychic character, so he's reading your mind, and so yeah. he's reading all your control inputs. To beat him, you unplug the player one controller, slide it into slot two, and he can't read your mind anymore. And all the dialogue starts to reflect that. It was wow, one of the most ingenious things that's ever been done. And then if you beat Metal Gear Solid 10 times, you would get a, a, a tuxedo for, for Solid Snake, and he would be able to just sneak around assassinating people in the tuxedo. So, yeah. I that, miss that uh, game. That reminds me, there was a nightmare game on Nintendo that, I think it was a GameCube, maybe, that uh, did all kind of crazy things, including, I don't know if it actually erased your save game or if it just said it did, but partial. I mean, it was... Literally a nightmare. I think it was called Nightmare, perhaps. But it would do just, boom, it, it darkened the screen like your game system had just shut off. It stopped taking controller input. Uh, and one of the classic memes, well, they weren't memes. Well, I guess technically they were memes, so there's no internet to meme it then, uh, was a message popped out that says, your game data has been erased. And just was great psycho trolling of, of real life, you know, trolling of people, which I thought was pretty awesome. Well, do you, I don't even remember that game. I never played it. I just read about it, but it was cool. Uh, we got one more thing to hit here, but that was fun. Those are some really fun topics. Uh, but it is the end of Halloween, or end of October, which means it's Halloween time. And 
you know, you guys talk about horror films decently enough. I thought you might share some of your favorite scary movies that you've actually seen, Phil. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have always said and will always say that The Exorcist is one of the, is the greatest horror film of all time. And it still freaks me out to this day because it's just, it was so well done at such a, you know, old time, you know, making movies. And they hid, the the director and the producers and the cast hid things in that movie. So there's scenes where like the lightning will strike and it will flash light into the house that they're in. And just for a hot second, you'll see uh, satanic writing on the wall or a symbol that just oh got it and it messes with me especially because i do farmers markets down in dc and the whole place whole thing takes place in georgetown so i get to you know i've seen and been to the stairs at the the end scene where the the priest gets thrown down uh multiple times so the exorcist is always on my top of my horror list i I, i'm gonna caveat this a little bit and say that i'm not the biggest horror fan um However, I have seen a few over the years that I really enjoyed. Uh, Exorcism of Emily Rose okay. is one of my favorites. Uh, one. What, one of the things that I really love about that film, for anyone who's not initiated with it, is it approaches a story of an exorcism, a, pos- a demonic possession and exorcism, from a court case perspective. And the, the cor- the, basically the perspective of it'll show scenes where you're looking at it as a believer, as somebody who believes in possession, who believes in, you know, God and demons and all this stuff. And that this supernatural stuff is actually happening. And then it also presents it as though it's psychiatric episodes, you know, like, like you're from how a psychiatrist or a psychologist would look at it. And that these are, you know, basically it's, it's mental health issues manifesting and being interpreted as demonic possession and everything. It's got a really great, you know, ambiance. Uh, Jennifer Carpenter, like a breakout role for her, uh, who went on to be the sister on Dexter and do some other stuff over the years. Um, Some really insane visualization, some great, you know, references to to religious, uh, you know, kind of content and everything and uh, the occult, all that stuff. I love it. it's not something I can watch very often though. Cause it really messes with my head. <laughs> uh, I, my, I have a weak spot in that um, stuff that deals with like ghosts and supernatural stuff like that gets in my head and I can't stop thinking about it. So I actually, I literally have trouble sleeping, not because I think that stuff's actually going to happen, but because while I'm lying in bed, I just keep rolling through that stuff continuously. And then as you become exhausted, your eyes start to play tricks on you. Yeah, and yeah. You see movement and shadows and all that kind of stuff. And it puts me in this state of alertness where I cannot settle <laughs> down and I cannot sleep, even though I'm yeah. a skeptic. And I, I, I am because I'm a skeptic. I'm like, I don't believe in that stuff. And I'm just like, oh man, it, it's it's interesting in that regard. Um, in a similar vein, though, I was going to talk about this later in the show, but uh, Sean and I binged all of Haunting of Hill House the other night, okay. which is ten episodes. 
uh we started watching it in the evening and we just watched it all through the night um that is not one of my favorite horror things that's ever been done um i don't want to give too much away it's on netflix uh the whole series is up it is interesting for some of the reasons that i like the exorcism of emily rose um talking about the stuff you were talking about phil with the exorcism with were like the easter eggs yeah there are hidden ghosts all throughout haunting of hill house starting from episode one they're hmm. everywhere so if you want to look for for spoopy uh little easter eggs it is a great series um it was an enjoyable story uh, i will say a couple of the middle episodes in the run really screwed me up personally because um it deals with a death like a literal death and the funeral and everything and it was very close to home uh in regards to what i went through when my younger brother passed away a few years ago so the the family drama that was going on in the series because that's that's the thing the center of the story is it's the family that lived in the house and everything that's going on in their life and it's doing it's a it switches back and forth between when they lived in the house briefly and all the spooky stuff started happening and everything and what's going on in the present day where all the kids are adults now, you know, and all the drama and stuff that's come out of that. And so it's a family drama with spooky elements. And uh, I thought it was really well done. It looks great. Um, The acting is superb. Yeah. I heard uh, today. I heard uh, that is a little from what you just described about the, the exorcism of Emily Rose. Uh, that's a little like that. It presents yep. kind of both sides of. The well, yeah, because it's it, it 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 always it always has the perspective of of a skeptic in mind. So there there are characters who don't believe in this stuff, and there are characters who do, and so there's tension because of that and everything. Because real things happened, there were real repercussions to things that happened, and a real impact on the family and everybody's lives. And then there's you know a couple of people who just don't believe that there's a supernatural element. And then there's a couple of people who do. So it, it gets, it gets really interesting in that regard. And I was reminded of the exorcism of Emily Rose when I watched it. Okay. Um, um, so I, I, I recommend it. It's uh, uh, what I will say though, is this, I have found that a lot of people who are what you would consider your quote unquote, hardcore horror fans, which I'm going to extend to be more descriptive of people who tend to be into the torture porn and the gore fests are going to be bored by it because it's not that kind of a thing. It's not a, you know, the torture and decapitations galore at all. It's a psychological, spiritual thriller. Nice. With, slow burn. Yeah. It, love, well, yes and no. <laughs> there are times where it's not so slow. No, but so, there, I mean, oh, I'm sorry. No, yeah. It's, but that's, I, I recommend it. Uh, and then the other one of recent, I talked about Hereditary earlier this year. That movie was a complete mindfuck. Um, bit of a slow burn, very artistic. You know, it looks like Kubrick could have made that film and Ooh. it completely hollowed me out and destroyed my mind for a few days. So I can't wait. Yeah, that's another one that I right now are kind of top of my list. But you're, I mean, yeah, those slow burn movies, especially with horror where, you know, they spend most of the film setting up the suspense to like a, a crescendo. And I think that's why get out was so good last year. You know, I consider that as psychological horror. Yep. Um, it's why I like The Shining with, yep. uh, you know, Kubrick. That's why I like Alien, the first one. I love Alien. Uh, it's the only one I've seen, but I enjoyed the hell out of it. 
And the, um, this is a little bit less than like a slow burn, but the thing. Yeah. I love the thing so much. And it just, and, and, and you'll notice except for um, all these films that I've been naming are just, you know, seventies, eighties. Yeah. Back when we didn't need to just throw blood and decapitated babies at people. So yeah. Charles, I know you're not much of a horror person, but no, not really. Is, I, there, is there anything that you actually enjoy? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I love monster films. I mean, I grew up with the original Universal Studios monsters um, in the '30s, right when they first came out in the black and white films. Yeah, I'm your grandpappy. You better fucking recognize, asshole. I, okay. Uh, so, uh, but I have gravity. I love monster films. It's nature versus man. I don't care if the monster wins. It's cool. Uh, I really dig it. The Relic is one of my favorite monster films of all time. Mm. And, you know, because it, it deals with, especially back in the 80s, you know, the, the the arrogance of people going into other cultures and stealing from them and that kind of thing. Uh, but horror-wise, I, I hated, um, oh, what was that stupid movie? That, uh, the Event Horizon. I, I hated that movie. So, because they never sold it as a horror film, not once. It was a sci-fi thriller, right? What's going on? Mystery ship. It, it folds space and disappeared and came back, and now it shows up, and they're going out and investigate. And it was just, it went to hell, and somehow the ship got possessed, and it was just fucking stupid, and I hated it. Um, but it fucked with my mind, Paul. You know, I went home that night. I'm getting all settled in the bed, and all of a sudden I see, you know, shit coming out of the darkness. Like, God damn it. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, I actually liked Saw it, the original, the first one. It took me forever. I did, I did like the first one. Saw the first one, one. great. Now, I, I watched all of them, and while it definitely gets into torture porn and cheesy shit, that I mean, I, I'm a grown ass man. And when I think it was Saw three or four, when they started ripping some dude open, I like did the hands over the face kind of shit. Or, oh, you know, yeah. like, look away, well, I'll do something else. But I, cause I don't like that shit. But the yeah. first one. And I don't want to give it away because if you haven't seen it, man, it's great. Uh, and I didn't think I'd like it, but so many people talked about it. And I, I got to see it, even though it took like five years to see it. I got to see it unbastardized, unruined. I did not know oh, yeah. what was going to happen. And that ending made it. That ending made the movie. That that uh, twi- that twist ending. Uh, yeah, man. So good. So good. Well, I, I had a co-worker. I worked at Target when that movie came out. I had a coworker in electronics with me that had that ruined for him by people just standing in front of the video game cabinet talking to each other. About oh, it. no. And he's yeah. he's a huge horror fan. He does uh, special effects makeup and everything. And he was like, you fucks. <laughs> like, he was so yeah. mad. Oh, man. I, I even, like, saw two. And one of my most rememberable cringe factor from all almost every horror movie is actually in Saw 2, where that that lady is thrown into the pit of syringes. Oh God! I knew you were gonna I say it. I was a man, I was a paramedic, and I was on. I was literally at the station, and I what? I was like, I screamed like a girl. I was like, What are you doing? Oh, so no. like, I, I don't mind getting shots. I'm not scared of needles. But that's but, used syringes, dude. Oh, it's used syringes, and she gets up, and they're all in her arm and stuff. Ah. Oh no! So, so here's I actually liked all of them only as a whole, right? There, there were some really bad moments. They, I thought they were going to lose it at three, 
where it really went torture porn, but then they kind of brought it back um, a little bit. But I love just the more you see the bigger picture of the jigsaw being put together, right? The more you see the intent and the more that gets revealed, it's kind of like watch, reading a book series. I, I just want to finish the whole intent of what was going on, even though the movies kind of went crappy. Now, if you want horror comedy all day long, Final Destination films will make me laugh like Tommy Boy. I mean, those movies just make me laugh so hard. I still driving down the highway when I get behind a log truck oh, yeah. just have flashbacks to Final Destination. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I got to figure out where my, my older kids' mindsets are. because I think they'd find it funny, but if they take it for real, it could mess them up a little bit. Yeah. I still look at a garbage disposal oh, previously yeah. every time I drop yeah. something in one. I'm always yeah. like, hmm. It, yeah, it's better it's, not. So now we've talked about these things. What are we reading, watching, or playing right now? I'll go first because mine's not that 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 long. Um, BlizzCon, as of this recording, is only a few days away. So mm. I've I've been doing nothing but watching esports for Heroes of the Storm. I uh, used to play it a lot. And then I had a falling out with the game and we stopped watching the HGC. But now that we're getting closer and the hype is getting a little bit more real, I've been watching nothing but Heroes of the Storm esports getting ready. Where, where do you watch that? Because I would like Twitch. to watch some... Just, all right, all right, all right, Twitch. Cool. Yeah, so th there's a schedule online, um, especially for BlizzCon. You don't have to have the virtual ticket to watch the online competitions. Um, normally virtual ticket is just for behind the scenes and, and panels and talks and stuff like that. But, um, I'm all back in to, to watch in, to watch in heroes of the sports, uh, heroes of the storm. Ah, so he's I hope an Xbox, Paul, he's here of the sports shove you in the locker. Mode. Hey man, I was an Xbox 360 player. You know, <laughs> I was an achievement whore, but, um, I'm hoping my team, the heroes hearth ends up winning, but I really don't think they have a shot in hell, but, I uh, I wish them luck as they go into the finals, and that's all I've been doing all week. With Oakland being so much up Fortnite's ass, I've been trying to get him to watch some esports. So like, look, if you're if you're gonna fucking do it, do something with it, you know. Yeah. At least I mean, you don't have to be a big player, but let's hone those skills. And I'm having a hard time finding Counter Strike, which is similar to Counter Strike, similar to Fortnite. So I figure I could get him in to watch. Yeah, it. I mean, if you go to the internet, have you heard of it? You can check schedules for things. Um, and, and most of these leagues now are big enough where they're having their finals on ESPN or, yeah. or, or yes, whatnot. Yes, for sure. So I know with, with the HGC for Heroes of the Storm, they have a website with schedules and the, the brackets and the standings and all that. Rest Did HGC like Home and Garden Network? HGC is, yep, you got it. Okay, cool. Just make got sure. it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Paul, what are you watching or reading? I mentioned uh, Haunting Hill House. Like I said, I recommend it. Um, but if you're one of those hardcore, it's got to be gore or I'm bored, you're not going to enjoy it. So don't expect that. Um, bit of a mind fuck. A lot of family drama. It's good in that regard. Checked out the new Sabrina series, uh, the first few episodes. That's good. Uh, which is, okay, so we talked about this when it was the trailers first came out. Basically, it's the, it's sort of in a, ancillary spinoff of Riverdale they're not actually they're not on the same platform 
for one. Uh, right. River, Riverdale is on Netflix, but it's on broadcast TV. So it's not, they're not actually connected in that way. Um, but this is yet, a, yet another project that Berlanti is involved with. Uh, it's pretty good. Um, it's uh, a different take. Obviously, it's not, you know, the Sabrina, the people of my age group grew up watching on TGIF. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's, um, it's, it's cool. It's neat. Um, I'm going to, I'm waiting to see how it plays out throughout the season. Um, it's got an amazing aesthetic though. Uh, it, cla- you know, captures that classic Archie vibe, um, but with the, the spooky angle on it. Uh, I checked out on Netflix, the bodyguard, which is a British show that was brought to Netflix. Uh, six episodes. Uh, I just watched that last night. I watched all six episodes. I intended to watch the first episode and then go to bed and I got hooked in the story and I was like, I got to see more and I ended up watching the whole thing. Um, that was pretty neat. Uh, what, what system or what platform? It's on Netflix. You yeah. better start tweeting about it or it's going to go away. Yeah, man. Uh, well, it's, it's a self-contained story. I mean, at least that like a mini series. Which the British do a lot of mini series anyway. Right. It, yeah. Exactly. And Doctor Who, man, new season of Doctor Who is yeah. coming out week to week. Um, I posted on Facebook this past week about episode three, which is the Rosa Parks episode, which I found to be a really powerful episode. It really, uh, it really moved me. And um, I have play outcast. I don't care. uh i so i i have said that i love peter capaldi peter capaldi is my favorite doctor though i have not watched hardly any of the matt smith era Uh, don't make that face at me phil you can just eat a giant dick and run away oh my god this fucking idiot you're having a stroke am i not muted whoops (laughs) um i i love capaldi and i felt like they could have gotten another season or two out of him if they hadn't changed showrunners but i understand why it did but now that i've seen jodie whittaker and we've gotten past that first episode which was her you know i don't know who i am because i just regenerated and they don't do that every every right right exactly um the only thing that kills me about her is her costume that fucking yeah. shirt she wears makes her look like Mork from Mork and Mindy. Oh, yeah. no. I felt like, like it's a tribute to um, Nanu, Seventh Nanu. Doctor uh, Frizzy. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. She's definitely, yeah. Her costuming is a throwback to prior Doctors and everything. Yeah, but, um, yeah. but she's great. And the, the if what I said about episode three is if this is indicative of what we can expect out of Chibnall and his team, I am in. And I cannot wait to see where this show goes. Besides this, uh, Broadchurch was the big ah, thing. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which she was in. Yep, she was in. Capaldi uh, was your favorite doctor. Yes. You just like, you know, sonic sunglasses and guitar solos on top of Tank. military tanks. Is that what you're no, okay. do, do we want to? Do we really want to have this? No, we don't, we don't have time. We don't have time. Save it for next week's opening. Yeah. I'll tell you after the show. And everybody. Willy, at willy, 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 willy. Uh, yeah, so that's what I've been watching. Cool. Uh, honestly, I've not been watching much. I've been really busy lately, and I'm doing Daredevil as much as I can. I think only yeah, tweet about it. Four episodes in. Uh, getting a little Spider-Man time on the PlayStation. Uh, Nobody picked up Red Dead. No, not yet. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Christmas. I literally actually never played the first one. Uh, yeah, me neither. I did get to take a peek a little bit at the new Soul Calibur, which is pretty. 
I've taken many peeks of the new society. <laughs> uh, it has some things that I really dig about it and some things that I don't dig about it. Like giant lizard dongs. <laughs> uh, anyways, Charles, this is your bit, though. Guys, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I've gotten to that point where I'm trying to catch up on too many things. Right now, Supernatural's back, so it gets my first love and attention because uh, I love that show. And then uh, I'm trying to get through Legion season two, but you, that's a show you have to watch. You can't just have it on another screen while you're working. Um, Dirk Gently season two. I keep forgetting that it's there. I'm, I've gone through a number of episodes. Love it. I just keep forgetting it's there. And then Daredevil, man. It, it's just uh, got to get this shit done before more stuff drops in. You know, um, I'm enjoying trying to get through it. And my wife. So I guess I've watched more. Uh, deadliest catch than anything because my <laughs> wife she loves reality TV and she's been binging the crap out of that show. Uh, so I mean, and she'd followed it before and knew the news and stuff about it. She and I can't tell you how many. Forget, I think this is episode where that captain dies. I think he dies in the. Oh look, he's having a stroke. I think he's going to die. And I was like, damn it, woman. We should watch this for the wrong reasons. Giant size team up crabbing boat. We'll have Kurt as our captain. And we'll just do mobile podcasting from the crab boat. Sometimes. All right. As long as I don't have to get out in that ice and water. No, no, no. Yes. You have to be the first one to. I mean, yeah, you would have to. Really? You're going to kill me before Dennis. You're going to kill me before Dennis. You're going to kill me before Chris Wisdom? Joe Ard. Probably. Joe Ard's oh. a Philly boy, man. We got to stick together. Oh. Borderlands 2. The, the betrayal is real right now. It is. It is so real. I don't even want to read the outro. Damn it, but I'm going to. Patreon.com forward slash breaking the panels where you can crying. buy my murder weapon. <laughs> Fuck so I can buy a murder weapon? Is that what you said? <laughs> <laughs> not, not just a weapon, a murder weapon. Got it. <laughs> BTP at giantsizeteamup.com is where you can email us. Uh, where are you on Twitter? Not you, Phil. Fuck you. Where are you, Paul? Um at soapbox gstu on Twitter. There you go. I'm rocking a podcasting across all social media. Imaginary <laughs> nomad. <laughs> um, I also do a show called Botched, a D and D podcast, and we uh, release Patreon episodes every month for the people who pay. This month we are featuring none other than Kurt from. Kurt. From yeah. uh, FTH Beyond. It's going to be fun. It is going to be fun. I'm, I look forward to listening to that as I'm one of your used to be largest patrons, but y'all have upped levels and people have really ramped up there. Oh, yeah. And Charles will be there if you want to hear. No, I'm, I'm out. Charles. Okay. Oh, no, no. You'll be there. It's going to be one of the times where I look for murder weapons and then come after you. <laughs> murder weapons. Plural. No, it's going to be good. Kurt and, and Charles are going to come in. Uh, we record tomorrow night. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll be uh, having a Thanksgiving themed one off adventure about turkeys. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Rock out podcasting across all social media. I will be there. Uh, check me out on Wasted Knowledge. I haven't got word that that's dropped yet, but uh, it should be dropping soon. You know, have, have, we had a lot of fun there. And Pokemon Go Podcast, and of course, GiantSizeTeamUp.com, where you can get all these amazing shows, live Pokemon Go Podcast, Breaking the Panel, and other fantastic ones. And and because I totally would have guessed his wishes, I'm going to go ahead and throw out uh, Toy Power from Australia. Two? Yeah. 
<laughs> the one with Trent. Oh, Trent, that's Trent Show. Trent. Yeah. Trent Show. One man Trent Show. It's good. In the trenches is what he calls it on the side. You know, I thought he had to change his name, though. Mm-hmm. All right. Till next time. Fuck you, Chris Wisdom. Come on. Breaking the Panel is the flagship podcast on the Giant Size Team Up Network. You can support the show at patreon.com slash breaking the panel, and you'll find more of our amazing podcasts at giantsizeteamup.com. Yeah.